Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. What you what you want? What you what you want? Everybody to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. This is the show that recaps the biggest news stories that interest us from the past week. And this is the for the week of August 21st, 2016. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. And yeah, so now we're here, second to last episode for the season. And first off, before for those of you that didn't listen to the uh, away team podcast last week, one, what's wrong with you? Mm. I mean, you know, not the away team, the uh, cheap seats. Sorry, the cheap seats podcast for Howard the Duck. And in that case, what's really wrong with you? Um, <laughs> and, but we gave you guys an explanation as for the missing two thirty episode. We did record the show seriously. We did. Everything. Seriously, like it, it was recorded. It was it was probably our best show ever. I mean, we had the whole song and dance number. You know, Adam broke out into an Irish jig. It, it was amazing. But on an audio only podcast, that right? All exactly. Worked out quite well. I know it was it was amazing, but unfortunately, because <laughs> of a technical glitch, uh, the file was corrupted. So, uh, I mean, we had our picks last week and our stories. And my picks last week were amazing, which pisses me off because. The picks that I have for this week is like, meh. I was like, God damn you. So anyway, if my you picks want... are solid like every week. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> However, uh, Adam does have a recap in in uh, the Cheap Seats episode where he kind of recaps what we did in that episode. So if you want to hear that recap, listen to the Cheap Seats. Um, so instead of pretending that that show didn't exist, we're calling this one number 230-D. And for those of you that get the reference, cool. If not, ask someone who does. Um, so, uh, yeah, on that note, um, a couple of things I wanted to just randomly talk about. So Microsoft, as usual, does a wonderful job 
um, without warning or asking third-party companies, you know, to update devices or something, uh, Microsoft's anniversary update rendered many USB webcams completely useless. Uh, the issue is Microsoft filtered out two common video compression formats because they decided to go with uncompressed video. So that meant uh, basically um, because they're they're basically filtering out the MJPEG and the H.264. According to Microsoft, compressed video would reduce system performance, which I don't know why they're concerned about that because, you know, they are using up way more resources than it was when it was initially released. So I don't know why that's an issue. So they decided to disallow compression formats. Uh, the result, many webcams were suddenly broken. So mm -hmm. my, Microsoft is working on a fix for the MJPEG, which may come out in an update for September. But for those of you that want the H.264 issue, that may take a bit longer. Um, the only solution you have at this point, roll back the update. Although it sucks because I think you only have, what, 10 days from the rollout to roll back the update. So if you're one of those um, insider people, fuck, you're fucked. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you're going you're gonna to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, so way to go, Microsoft. Woohoo! Yay, yeah. Microsoft. <laughs> I mean, there's always update woes are common among all platforms, but you got to make fun of who's doing it currently. But the thing, the thing, too, is that it's Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft does the stupidest shit like that. It's like, yeah, a lot of people use those, but so fuck them. It's kind of what yeah. happens, you know? You know it, fuck it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I mean, if you were Apple doing that, I mean, most people were like, okay. You know, but okay. when, you're when you're Microsoft and you're like, going, yeah, don't worry about it. Everything will be cool. Oh, yeah, whoops, sorry. Um, well, see, the benefit, the benefit of Apple is when Apple decides, oh, we don't want to use this format anymore. It, Apple users are usually using Apple devices that are using that format. So they just change everything. They don't even fucking notice. Right. So, yeah. It's a closed system. It's, a closed <laughs> it's all very connected. <laughs> it's been a long road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before the show, Adam and I were sitting there discussing about, like, the way you have to sing that song from Enterprise. Because he watched Enterprise over a couple episodes this weekend. That's right. And... You, just... you have to sing it super dramatic. You can't. You have to give it your all. Is what I'm trying to say here. Cause I got faith. I've a heart. Knowing where I can take me. Like shit. You gotta get. You gotta fucking go in, man. You gotta go dig deep. You gotta dig oh, shit. deep. This is this is a uh, speaking of Star Trek. I moved my. My, I have a small um, bookshelf. Penis. I'll probably post my little office space once I have it fully cleaned. But I have a small bookshelf, and now it's next to me. So I noticed that I have um, the Star Trek The Next Generation All Good Things uh, novelization. <laughs> but we forgot about that. That's when you're a total geek, is when you have the novelization of an episode. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. This is it. My other Star Trek book. Star Trek The Next Generation. Make it so... It's leadership lessons. So <laughs> this book is amazing. It's it's written in the format of Captain John Luke Picard's 
um, captain's logs. There, each chapter is one of his captain's logs, and it's him dealing with a problem and how he solved it. He just ordered him to. Such a great book, huh? <laughs> he just ordered him to. No, stupid. It's such a great book. I found this book at fucking Goodwill. Oh, I was like, "What the fuck?" And I and I got it. I read it, and I'm like, "This is so fucking cool, man!" Did, did you bust out it's into like, Indiana Jones and go, "This belongs in a museum"? <laughs> <laughs> it's chicken soup for the soul for cool people. <laughs> like, hold on, I will I will read an excerpt uh, from. Hold on, this one is background. This is Captain's personal journal, start a 48811.5 at Starfleet Academy. I began writing this journal midway through my first year as Captain of Federation Flagship, the USS Enterprise D. I'm not going to read this because it's going to be lame. But <laughs> it's written by a dude. See, so this is the thing, right? It's written by Wes Roberts, PhD, and Bill Ross. So basically, they have um, degrees in leadership training and and just like corporate leadership or just with life and stuff. And what they did is they just wrote it in a way that would make sense for it to be Captain Picard. Right. So it's the only person I want to learn about leadership from. Well, what they should do is write um, a man's guide to dating through Riker's journals. Shit. That's not even fair. <laughs> the, the, the guy to, uh, the guy to talking to the ladies. The by, guy to by, get com- by Commander William Riker. That's right. <laughs> it was a gift that Adam shared on his Twitter account. If you haven't follow, if you haven't been following on Twitter for uh, Jonathan Frakes' birthday, which was like what Thursday or Friday? Uh, it was Thursday. Yeah, but it was it was a great little gift. It was a slow pull, and Riker's looking dead into the camera, and then as it pulls in closer, he gives that little side smile that like yeah, hey, ladies, <laughs> ladies, ladies. I mean, I got a bit, got turned on a little bit. So, you know. I was rock fucking hard. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I got no shame. <laughs> it don't matter. I'm a 24th century kind of person. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this I wanted to bring because Adam always likes to say that Marvel fans are so much nicer. They, 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 at Marvel says something and they, they're like, okay. Uh, Okay, <laughs> but after all the fan backlash from the DC films, uh, in a recent revelation is that the Disney Channel star uh, Zendaya, Zendaya, I guess, uh, is casting in the upcoming Spider-Man: Homecoming, according to the internet, and this is the rap is reporting this one that she will be playing Mary Jane Watson. So you know she'll be playing the iconic redhead. So no one has confirmed the reports, but when does that ever stop the internet? So, right. of course, the internet went nuts from everything from, quote, the poli- PC police are taking over to, you're ruining my childhood of the character. Um, you're ruining my life! <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, um, I, I'm familiar a little bit with the chick. That was Cass. I forget her name. It's really weird. Um, Zendaya, I think it is. Zendaya, yeah. She, uh, she was in a show on Disney Channel called Step Step Up or Step It Up. My kids were in love with this show. So her and this other chick were in like a dance group or something while they went to school. 
it's a typical Disney show, a preteen t- Disney show, where you have uh, young, early teens, and they're in school, and then there's just something special they do right. also. So whatever. But she was funny. I mean, she, she, she was pretty cool or whatever. She is pretty. So I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I've always said, like, and, and this was brought up surprisingly. The, this was brought to my attention by my older daughter, and uh, and <laughs> she's like, "Oh, it ruined she... her childhood." <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Oh, she's gonna play Mary Jane," and I go, "Oh, okay, cool." And and she goes, "You're not upset?" I said, "Why would I be upset?" She's like, "What well, was Mary Jane White?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking care. I, I just don't care." Well, if you look you at the, ca- the 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 thing that you look at, and I'm surprised that well, I'm actually I'm not surprised that this is, but if you look at the the cast that's set up around it. Flash Thompson's not white. Um, and some of the other characters in school aren't white. Because schools aren't all white anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it's like, who cares? Flash Thompson doesn't have to be white, blonde-haired kid to be a bully, you know? Um, doesn't he, though? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's just like, look, it's it's the way schools are now. I mean, you know, the only way you get to even a even a rich white school isn't white anymore. You know, it, right. it, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I don't really care because you know what? We've had one MJ, Kirsten Dunst. And, you know, some people said, oh, she was a pretty good MJ. No, I hated her. She wasn't a good MJ at all. <laughs> Not at all. I hated her as MJ. Um, and you know she what? She looked the part. You got to give her that. Well, yeah. Red hair. I mean, that's all you yeah, need. Yeah, that's really all you need. <laughs> Um, I mean, the only one that I really liked was uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, you know. And to yeah. be honest, I mean, if you're really like pissed off about it, and like MJ's so far part of Bat of Spider-Man lore, not that much. I mean, yeah, it's come and go. I mean, she's disappeared from the comics for a long period of time when she was introduced in high school, went to college, and then disappeared for years, and then came back to um, to Peter and. Married, and then of course the whole Clone Wars. Um, you know, it, it to me the only thing that would really because MJ kind of doesn't really impact Peter's life all that much because the one that still sticks around him after all these years is Gwen Stacy. If she's not dead, well, even because she's dead, I mean, she's been dead since the '60s, and her death at the hands of Spider-Man is still a big part of him. Right. So it's kind of like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. I don't really care. You know. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And so you know, and then of course you know the, the you know, and then of course because there's no recourse on the internet, people can be as racist as they want. Um, I just don't. I, I literally like. I, I wish I had more. I just don't care. Like I'll I'll recognize if they're doing it for no fucking reason whatsoever. Like the one time, there was one time that changing the color of a character, I was kind of like, really, guys, was when they did it with the recent Fantastic Four movie. But that oh. was only because fucking they're supposed to be brother and sister. So now you're just you're you're changing the entire dynamic of the group. It's not just the color of the person's skin. Color of person's skin, I don't fucking care about. Right. But if you're gonna change him, you gotta change her too, because now they're not brother and sister anymore. They were adopted brother and sister. Yeah, but there's the, that thing. That's different. That, yeah. the, the situation with that is it's like 
you had to change a fundamental plot point in that in those characters' story because you wanted black person on the team. Right. That that when it's kind of like okay, you know, like right. <laughs> like let's cut it out. And, and the know? thing was is that the dynamic. It, I mean, they were the worst brother and sister team ever. And I never saw the movie, so I can't. Really I, I, say it. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> believe me, didn't miss much, um, <laughs> because, you know, uh, Jordan and um, and what's her name, Mara, uh, that plays brother. They're both in and of themselves. They're both good actors, right? But there was no inkling that they were brothers. So they could have been two separate people, and it would have still had the same kind of thing. You know, there was no linkage between them that they were brother and sister, except one line that they toted between them, and that was it. Oh, sister. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it and there was just like, there was no like dynamic that showed like her like the way Sue was with Johnny. You know, always like even in the even in the shitty Fantastic Four, you bought that they were brother and sister. Yeah. You know, and and there you're diff- dealing with two different ethnicities too. You know, Jessica Alba and Chris Evans. Um, but, but Jessica Alba is one of those that can kind of play everything. And as long as, as long as she's showing her body, who fucking cares, right? <laughs> but uh, but in this one, it was just no, there was no chemistry between them. So it was just kind of like, what was the point of making him black and her white when it didn't even serve the plot at all? I mean, I understand, right. you know, it's kind of like, well, we're being, you know, we're trying to be new and different. It's like, no, you're just trying because you want a specific type of character when it doesn't serve the plot at all. You know? Yeah, you're, it's, you're just doing it... To do it. Because it's a stupid attempt at being PC. Yeah. Like, it's it's just dumb. There's no reason to it for it. And also, I've always been a, with comic books, too. People say, oh, well, um, why change characters' color when there's, there's heroes that are already, you know black or whatever in the comic i'm like because no one reads them for the majority <laughs> of the of, of them for some reason you know yeah unless you're like fucking like look at cyborg cyborg's black right right well people read the justice league right but any cyborg solo film book people don't really read if that's even hmm. a try yeah. i don't even remember so hmm. whatever who cares yeah. i don't want to talk about fucking race nonsense <laughs> right now but on a on a on a flip side, Michael Pena is coming back for Ant Man too. Ant Man yep. and the Wasp. I heard he's gonna be white though. Yeah, they're they're so. change, they're they're rebooting his origin, and he's gonna be this rich white kid from like um, uh, upstate New York. So you know, be ready for that. But Michael Pena is still gonna play him because he's yeah. an actor. That's right. He's <laughs> I'm so happy to to hear him coming back uh, for that movie. He he stole the show. Like every time he was on, he always stole the show. Um, so that'll that'll be great, and and see what they do with like his stories. Like, I mean, I love hearing it. will be like, yeah, you know, we went to this art. You know, we're looking at this really abstract. But you know, I'm more of an impressionist kind of person. You know, <laughs> like, he, needs wow. to, he needs to recap. He needs to be in every Marvel movie and recap. Um, the movie that preceded it in the beginning, <laughs> like not even not even part of the storyline of the movie, just right, just last, just time have on. his own little thing. <laughs> last time our heroes, you know, just that kind of shit. 
I'd fucking be all into that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, no, my my girlfriend left me, and my dad got deported, but I got the van. You know, he's <laughs> caring. <laughs> uh, so looking forward to that. So that that was all. Just it's awesome, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> And then I watched the Tick pilot. How was that? Um, you started watching it when I was messaging you last night, but yeah, it was it was good but weird at the same time. Um, so it focused more on Arthur, which is his sidekick, right? The boss or whatever. Um, and it was giving him more depth, I guess. Like he he has uh, he has obsessive like an obsessive disorder about him. And it shows how he became kind of uh, his origin story and stuff like that. It was interesting. It was just different. Um, everybody played their, their roles just fine. The tick is uh, fucking crazy. He doesn't, he, he doesn't make any fucking sense half of the time, but he's supposed to not make sense. Um, and they didn't have a scene because I'm watching I'm like, are they going to show like off the tick being, a superhero because at the point he it was just it's just 22 minutes long but right. he was just kind of talking he said chum all the time and you know he's he's the tick if you if you're unfamiliar with the tick it's very much a, a care like a, a parody of superheroes right. in, in its own kind of way it's it's silly it's supposed to be silly but yeah he was he was walking up on this these guys they're just shooting them just non-stop bullets and he's just walking and talking like it's not it's nothing you know so that was cool um but yeah and then you know our suit uh it was good it has promise but we'll see because amazon's weird like they'll do that whole it's pilot season thing oh, right. and then and that's what it is but then you never know if it's gonna actually become a show like, it's right. a cool idea, but it usually ends up being weird because you'd be like, oh, this is so cool, and then it doesn't happen. Right. You know, so I, I kind of watched it and tried to forget about it <laughs> <laughs> until I see some more. Right. But um, the the main villain in one of the flashbacks, he just, I was laughing. He was just funny. Like, he was being all super over-the-top evil, and then he just went, okay, well, time to go. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, it looks cool. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I kind of I gotta check it out because I mean I just canceled uh, Hulu, which I'm still good to the end of the month, but just I'm not watching Hulu at all, you know. And I mean that that whole five episode cap thing really kind of bothers me. And Hulu just uh, just acquired all six seasons of Community, so that season they did on uh, uh, Yahoo is now on Hulu. Um, but uh, there's really not a whole lot on there for me to like watch i keep hulu i keep hulu around because i don't have cable yeah you know so if there is a show that i want to start watching on the regular now i'm not but sometimes i'll do it um then who is is because i i can watch it when it comes out um and i plan on catching up with these superhero shows and then i'll probably be doing that i think my wife uses hulu for for novellas they have a very big um spanish selection shows so and especially that's next... what it's ten bucks or whatever. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> and then next, I mean, next season, all those CW shows are going to be launched on Netflix a week after the finale. So it's like kind of like, eh, 
you know, <laughs> at that point. It's like, well, you can wait. If you miss some of this, you can wait till the end of the season and then just binge the whole, you know, 23-episode catalog. Right. But, um, all right. So, I guess on that note, we uh, jump into some headlines. While many people fight... Oh, hey, hold on real quick. I got to tell the audience. What? I probably sound bored. But it's just because my, my allergies are acting up. <laughs> so I was because now that I have the headphones on, I can hear myself more. Oh, right. And I'm like, oh, I sound like I don't want to be here. <laughs> which is which is normally how it is. But, you know, shut the fuck up. That's not the case. <laughs> he's more excited sure now. He's got senioritis right now because we only got a couple episodes left till the finale. <laughs> right. Till Isn't our it month bitch off, day? So we... <laughs> 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 We'll go to the beach, man. We're gonna go head out to the beach. That's my plan on our month off, though. Is is the time that I used to, that I have dedicated to the podcast? The five minutes show. you dedicate to the podcast. It takes a little longer to record this podcast than five minutes, douchebag. <laughs> you know what? I don't like your attitude. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, so back to the back to the lecture at hand. Oh. Um, so while many people fight over who the best Batman f- is from um, Kevin Conroy to Batfleck, there is always one that remained unmentioned, Adam West. Now, keep in mind, there are quite a few fans that love him in that role, which is a giant departure from the source material. But the odds of seeing him under the cowl again are virtually impossible. Well, not anymore. Sort of. According to Entertainment Weekly, Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar are returning for an animated version of the iconic characters. Uh, the film is expected to feature not only Catwoman, but Riddler and the Joker. Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders hits digital HD on October 11th, while the Blu-ray hits shelves on November 1st. You can actually... Woman... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. In the link in the show notes, it'll take you to the uh, Entertainment Weekly page, and there's actually a clip from the short. Artwork looks really clean, and it's so weird hearing, like, Burt Warden, you know. And it's it's totally, like, stupid. Like, they're gonna, about to be put into a fire as part of a giant um, TV dinner, and uh, they're going to be set into this fiery oven, and, you know, of course, they're making all the corny cliches and stuff like that. So, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're even mildly entertained by the 60s batman you're gonna have to check it out i'm gonna check it out i just read that the the woman who played batgirl just recently um, passed away yeah yeah i played barbara gordon yeah yeah so i guess uh, i was i forget i think it was kevin smith was talking about the old tv show Mm -hmm. and how you could know um you knew when when batgirl was gonna be in it because they would add a little clip to the the intro of the oh, show yeah. with her on the motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess she was super hot. Like oh, I never, I never really yeah, watched dude. the show. Oh yeah, she I mean, was, now now I gotta look it up. See she, now, she was fucking hot back then. She made me feel all sorts of weird when I was a kid watching uh, that. <laughs> oh jeez, because it only ran for like two two years, I think. And uh, but yeah. Whatever this an I'm I'm looking forward to this animated a little bit because it's gonna be just something different, you know, yeah. something that we we're not. I, I feel it's gonna be a more um, lighthearted Batman stuff like oh, yeah. that. Uh, so <laughs> can you imagine? You know, can you imagine Adam West as the Dark Knight? 
you know, swear to me, yeah, chump. exactly. <laughs> swear to me. <laughs> oh, golly, Batman! I think he already did. Fucking <laughs> uh, Adam West trip. And every time I, I love how Adam West is so about the fans. Like every time you see him, oh yeah, and and he's talking with fans. He's so like excited. You oh, yeah. like after all those years, he'd be like, "Okay, like, get the fuck away from me." You know what I mean? <laughs> but nope, he's he's all about it, dude. Oh yeah, and I mean, he wait. still has, uh, you know, he still has fans from Family Guy and American Dad. You know? Oh yeah. So, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Gamescom, uh, which is happens in Cologne, Germany. It's kind of like. What'd you not call to, it? The, 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 poor, the poor man's E3? Is that what you called it? <laughs> yeah, but I was kidding. <laughs> Gamescom is like a really big thing. Just a lot of people in America kind of... Right. <laughs> uh, people in the United States kind of just read the highlights and move on. Because we already you know, had E3, so... You know. <laughs> right. You'll get a lot of announcements at Gamescom. Like games, I've noticed that because E3 happens first, mm-hmm. so Gamescom will be the... You'll get announcements from people who just didn't have something ready for E3. Right. And then they'll be be like, oh no no no, we're doing this. You know, it's like their <laughs> catch up time. Um, so I have a list here. They do a thing where this is over on. Um, I don't know who does the awards. Award winners were decided on by an international expert jury. <laughs> That's a quote. This is from uh, GameSpot, which selected seven three nominations. From more than 200 entries in total, winners were then picked from the, those nominees and announced at an award ceremony on August 19th. So this is like an official thing, like who wins what. It's almost like a Oscars for Gamescom, which I always <laughs> thought was really cool. And I, I think E3 should do the same thing. It's, it, I just think it's it's kind of cool. So yeah. we'll just read through them real quick. Uh, best add-on slash DLC goes to Destiny Rise of Iron. Um, best preview slash vision. Uh, is Horizon Zero Dawn um, from Sony. I guess I should put say the company. Uh, best booth went to Mafia 3 2K. Uh, best PlayStation 4 game was For Honor uh, from Ubisoft. Best Xbox One game was Sea of Thieves from Microsoft. Best Wii U game, this should not be a shock, The Legend of Zelda Breath of, of the Wild from Nintendo. Uh, best PC game went to For Honor again. Ubisoft. Uh, best mobile game, Mario Party Star Rush from Nintendo. Fucking Mario, dude. <laughs> Damn mobile games. Best role-playing game um, went to Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> I had to pause for just a half second for the Roman numeral. Uh, <laughs> from Square Enix. Uh, best racing game, Forza Horizon 3, Microsoft. Best action game, Battlefield 1, Electronic Arts. Uh, best simulation game, NBA 2K17 from 2K. Um, best sports game went to Steep from Ubisoft. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah. Hold up. Stop it, fucker. Hold right. up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hey. <laughs> All you um, Steep is an upcoming open world extreme sports video game. Oh, okay. So typical Ubisoft shit. Um, <laughs> best family game, Skylanders Imaginators um, from Activision. Best strategy game, Sid Meier's Civilization Six from 2K. Dude, I'm so fucking excited for this game. I was watching a video um, about 
10 of the biggest changes in the game, every single one made me go, skate, skate, skate. <laughs> it just looks so fucking... Like, instead of having just a single... You know you know how civilization works, Steve. Right, right. You make the cities. So instead of just having a single city that you build a bunch of shit in, you have the city center and then districts from the things that are around it. You make science. It's fucking dope. I love the game. I haven't played Civilization forever. Maybe not forever, but since it came out. So... <laughs> Best puzzle slash skill game went to Dragon Quest Builders, Square Enix. Best social slash online game went to Gwent, the Witcher card game, CD Projekt Red. That's not a surprise. I heard that game's dope, too. Um, best casual game, Battlezone from Rebellion. Best multiplayer game, Sea of Thieves again from Microsoft. I have to check that Sea of Thieves out. Mm-hmm. Uh, best virtual reality game, Wilson's Heart from Twisted Pixel. Uh, best hardware went to PlayStation VR from Sony. I'm telling you, Sony's showing up with this PlayStation VR. Let's hope that they fucking continue to develop for it, not just launch it and go, okay, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like they do everything else. We did the hard part. Now, right. now it's everybody else's turn. Indie Award uh, went to Little Nightmares from Bandai Namco. <laughs> ain't very fucking, uh, ain't yeah. very indie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, don't, I think they kind of confuse. It's like that line from The Princess Bride. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> right. Uh, consumer Award, which I don't fully... I would assume that's uh, people voting. Yeah. Went to Battlefield yeah. 1 uh, from Electronic Arts. And that, that, that game was so fucking dope. Note there hasn't been anything of Call of Duty. You can tell this is not U.S. Yeah, Call of Duty is huge in the, in the U.S., but I don't think it's too big. In, it's big in Europe, but not like everyone's whacking off when it comes out. Right. Um, all right, the big one. Best of Gamescom. What do you think it is? Metal Gear Solid. No. It's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And wow. I'm excited for that because... That's the, D, that's the NX, that's, right? That's coming out for the NX and the Wii U. Oh, nice. Um, It'll probably be one of the last big titles for the Wii U. They sit, they're doing the whole, oh, we'll continue to do the Wii U. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. everybody else says that. <laughs> don't. Um, they're doing it for the NX? It's been a yes. long road. I'm excited about it because this. I feel this game will be the tipping point of me buying an NX. If this game <laughs> comes out and it's getting 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, people are freaking out about it. I'm like, okay, I'll go get an NX. Yeah, but I want to see what an NX looks like first before we... Yeah, that too. And I hear rumors that they're going to be announcing some stuff pretty soon, but I don't know. Gamescom just ended. Like, they could have did it right now. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo beats to its own fucking drum. Like, it don't give a shit. But the thing is, is that... The, They'll announce that shit on a fucking Thursday in the middle of <laughs> on the back On the back of a cereal box. It's right. like, catch our new system. And they'll be like, oh shit, I didn't know that was... <laughs> the thing is, is that with, with the failure of the Wii U... They shouldn't be keeping this under wraps, you know. They should. They should be balls deep. Like, yeah. this is what's coming out. This is dope as shit. They, they, <laughs> Nintendo needs to revamp their marketing part. Oh yeah. I really think that one of Nintendo's biggest weak points is their marketing part. Oh yeah. Because they, they they come out with cool trailers and stuff, but he, but they don't hype anything. Like yeah. nothing's ever hyped for Nintendo. By the but way, don't overhype it, but hype it a little. <laughs> Right. Speaking of Nintendo, if you guys haven't checked, if you haven't seen it already, uh, the closing ceremonies of the Olympics are, are today when we're closing, when we're doing the show. But for you guys listening yesterday, um, 
at the end of every closing ceremony, they always do something uh, that's, you know, native to the country that is going to be hosting the, the next Olympic Games, which in this case will be Japan. Um, the prime minister of fucking Japan comes out of the time warp tunnel from fucking Mario dressed with the hat from Mario to announce the games coming yeah. to Japan. How fucking baller is that, dude? Like, that is international setup. Oh my god, you could just, just see it without the fucking uh, without any, you hear no dialogue, nothing, no volume. You'd be like going, oh shit, Japan? Like, you would automatically right. know. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like we said he should have came out with the uh with the music for the water level i like I, i'm excited about and Japan then just have too. a random squid comes flying out grab him and takes him back down the tunnel <laughs> i'm excited for japan for a couple reasons for being in the next host of the olympics because japan is one japan's awesome like it, it, their their culture is it's quirky cool yeah you know to outsiders of course i'm not trying to disrespect they come out with some of the dopest fucking video games and technology and shit. But also, too, they've had a rough couple of years, bro. Yeah. You know that. You know that. Like, let's. They should have something to look forward to and and stuff like that. I know that there's all that stuff like, oh, the Olympics. Uh, it just fucking takes money and and it, there's no give back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I feel if the I if you notice with that, like they say, oh, there was all that hype about Rio. Was like all their people are poor and they're taking money from, they're using all this tax money to build the Olympic thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, but when it's in the hands of the right country, right, money doesn't get like we've we've hosted the Olympics. What 1984? Yeah, um, and um, one was in Atlanta, and then one yeah. was in yeah, one was the in other LA, one, the LA. We had the Los oh yeah, Angeles, Los Angeles for and and, and and that was that was I mean. You know, yeah, living here, you kind of know where to, where not to go, like around the Coliseum or Pepperdine University, where they hosted all the swimming activity. If you want to go to the beach, and especially from where I live, one of the access points is past Pepperdine University. So you had to, like, steer clear of there to go down to the coast. But, you know, it, it, you know yeah, in the, in the right countries, it's, it's good. But when you're in core countries that aren't, you know, yeah, it's it's you're gonna have those, but I was seeing I was seeing some uh, I saw like one of those, um, just picture things of different um, uh, Olympic areas that were built and they're not being used anymore. They're just abandoned. Oh, and yeah. one one was the one that was built for, uh, and that it was kind of weird seeing this one, but was the one in Berlin in 1938, oh, which yeah, was yeah. the one where Hitler was yeah. there and all that. Um, that's completely like. No one gives a fuck. The one in Atlanta is run down too, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, why? Why would you build this massive sports facility and then not use it? Well, yeah, I think do that's something cool. like yeah. rent it to people or or fucking host school games there. Just do something with it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, I know. It's 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 where that uh, that's why Boston took itself out of the running for the next games because they're like, well, we would have to get taxes. They don't do have the fucking space. I don't know where the hell they would build it. Yeah, I know. We'll just make. We'll just do what they did in San Francisco. Just dump dirt into the ocean and start expanding. <laughs> right. What is LA using their shit for? Are they or is it sitting well, there? Well, a lot uh, of it. A, a lot of the stuff that we use was existing. 
like the Coliseum. Yeah, see, that's the like, smooth way they, to do it. They did the Coliseum for all the track and field stuff. They used Pepperdine University, which is kind of a swimming college out here, and they used that for all the swimming events and stuff like that. So, yeah, see, a lot of that stuff was existing. It's just a lot of that is with the right with the right people planning it. It's fine. But then like again, it's Re- L.A. I mean, we have everything out here. So right. It's, you know. In, in Rio, it, it's mismanaged because that's – people don't realize that's kind of a poor country yeah. <laughs> because it's very touristy. You know, so people only see the big Jesus statue and, and carnival, fucking, yeah, and stuff like that. But it's it's everyone's living in the fucking slums, right? But whatever. All right, talk about living in the slums. Oh, um, some of you may have heard about the T-Mobile and Sprint's new "Too Good to Be True" data plans. Well, according to The Verge, they have some very big butt limitations. Uh, new team, uh, T-Mobile's new T-Mobile One will limit all video playback to low-res 480p. Sprint's Unlimited One has the same video limitations and limits its music streams to 500 kbps and gaming to a paltry 2 megs. Uh, if you don't want any of those limitations on T-Mobile, you can pay an extra $25 per month per line. Uh, Sprint doesn't have doesn't have that kind of option, and if you like to tether, T-Mobile will allow it, but only at 2G speeds. And if you want LTE, T-Mobile customers will have to pay an extra $15 per month for every five gigs of data used. Sprint does it a bit differently, and I resist saying better, uh, but they will give you five gigs LTE and then dump you to two gigs after that. Uh, Sprint's unlimited freedom plan will cost 60 bucks per month for the first line, 40 bucks for the second, and 30 for each additional line. T-Mobile- That's one thing I like about Sprint is that tier thing they have. When mm-hmm. when I had Sprint, it was like that. Like we had so many phones that by the time you got to like the fifth phone, it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, T-Mobile's one plan launches on September 6th. Then T-Mobile will start phasing out its existing simple choice plans. T-Mobile One plans start at 70 bucks for the first line, 50 for the second, and 20 per line for the next six lines. So, uh, yeah. It's it's weird because I um uh, right now I have uh I have Verizon through my father's business plan, um, but they have to pay. So like it's weird how it works because he's grandfathered into this old plan. But um, he has a certain amount of phones, you know, that he can switch the number on or whatever. But those are his accounts. And he, you know, he's like, oh, OK, well, I have a, I have a spare phone account. Why don't I just give it to you? You know, I'm already paying the amount anyway. I guess right. it was for an employee that he doesn't have anymore. I was like, OK, cool. But my sister actually lives over there. He lives in North Carolina and they're going to have to pay for her phone. And I'm a fucking adult. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm using it now, but I'm, I'm in the plans of kind of, like, getting it together for myself because I get a fucking 40% discount with AT&T through my job. <laughs> and let's be real. I'm trying to get that new note. <laughs> that thing is sexy as shit. Oh, yeah. So I might try to get um, two phones, one for my wife and one for me. We'll both rock notes, motherfucker. <laughs> so I don't know why the sound effect. Because uh, T-Mobile, T-Mobile's fucking weird. Like they're really quirky. Yeah, Dude. I mean they they talk about like oh yeah you know you have all this freedom and shit like that, but there's a lot of 
asterisks in their plans. They also too like I, I wouldn't want to pick them because they're really inconsistent. Yeah. Like I know they're trying to innovate with their plans and stuff. They change too much. Right. I know. You know it's, and it's, it's just like okay, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll it's because it, you know most times you want to stick at least for a year or two. You know, you stick with a plan, but it's like almost like every six months. Oh, we have a new one now. Oh, we have a new one now. Yeah, I slow down. Like I think I feel I feel at least ninety percent of T-Mobile customers are grandfathered into something because <laughs> they because <laughs> they keep changing shit. All right, well, here's we have the top ten uh, comic sales for um, July, and as expected, DC does dominate this list. But I'm not saying that to oh DC's obviously better. DC's got the rebirth thing going on, and yeah. whenever there's something. A huge uh, event like that. Yeah, a huge event going on. You're going to see sales spike. Do I, I, still... been, I would have been disappointed if they didn't. That's true. Yeah. Now, do I still feel they deserve these sales? I do, because these new books are great. I don't. Like, I'm just kidding. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I think, I think these new, the new, what they've been doing with Rebirth and how tight they've got the stories and connecting and stuff like that is just, just really good. I think they're doing a good job. But um, we'll just run down the list real quick. Um, and we'll, I'm going to... They have it one to ten, but I'm gonna do ten to one. Countdowns are more fun. Um, <laughs> number ten is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corp Rebirth. Number one. Um, I'm actually surprised. Well, I guess I'm not surprised that it's not higher up on the list because it is the Green Lanterns, which yeah. ha- isn't as popular, but still. Um, Nightwing number one takes number nine. Hey, that new Nightwing book is dope, dude. I know, right? It's like it's really I told like you, I told you. crazy shit. I, I was catching up on it because I, I read the I read the rebirth of Nightwing and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And Adam's like, eh, I'm not really big on Nightwing. I was like, all right, whatever. Nah, it's pretty dope. the The latest issue of Batgirl showed up, gave him shit. Hmm. Um, uh, number eight is New Superman. Uh, number one, which is the Chinese Superman. Um, it, I would expect that one to fall off rather quickly. Yeah. Um. Number seven is First Century from Marvel, Civil War Two, number four. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's the one. I think that's the banner one. Yeah. Um, number six is Nightwing Rebirth, number one. Nightwing showing up on the list twice. Um, number five is Batman, number three. Uh, the new Batman book's dope. Uh, the little story arc is pretty cool. Uh, number four again, Marvel with the Civil War Two, number three. Obviously, Civil War is. Uh, the so most popular that. Marvel's yeah. got right now. Uh, number three is Batman. Number two. Uh, <laughs> um, in case num- you, in case you missed that, <laughs> Batman's popular. Just in case you wanted to know. Um, number two is Justice League Rebirth. Number one. You figured that. But number one is Justice League. Number one. Yeah. Which actually, and and when I read uh, the first issue of Justice League, I was kind of like, "What are we doing?" No. But I'm yeah. actually I'm getting into it. Like it's 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 pretty cool. Well, I think I mean you have the and I and in a lot of instances those issues simply because people want to know how the new Superman's going to work into that. So usually the number number one issues in, and and this has always been and Adam's kind of agreed with me on this. It's like yeah we expect these issues, especially issues ones, issues twos, and stuff like that, to really sell well. But before everybody starts, you know, swinging their dicks around. Come back to me when it's issue six, issue right. seven, if they're still hanging up there. 
you know, because that's that's always been the thing. And and for the longest time, you know, this year Marvel's been dominating, especially after Secret Wars, and then the all new, you know, all different titles that they've had. So, like I told Adam, I go, I would have been really surprised that if DC didn't take dominate most of it in July, because that's basically when all the heavy books started coming out and the secondary issues of June's really. So, you know, there should have been no reason for them to take a lot of those spots. Well, I have um, the top 10 best-selling graphic novels of July, which I'll run through a little quicker. Uh, but I do want to say one surprise, uh, one missing here that surprised me was that new Superman book. Not new Superman, but Superman, um, which is one of my favorites right now. I'm oh, yeah, really yeah. enjoying it. The latest issue, so much happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it, was, <laughs> it was nuts. Um, so just real quick, uh, again, 10 to 1 on the top best-selling graphic novels. Number 10 is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Volume 1, uh, The Coulson Protocols. Uh, number nine is Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Volume 1, Berserker. Uh, those are both Marvel, of course. Um, number eight is Bone, Coda, 25th Anniversary from Cartoon. Really? Cartoon. Uh, number seven is Saga, Volume 6 from Image. Um, Saga's a really popular book. I didn't get too into it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm missing. Like, yeah. I, I've done that too. Like, I read it and I was like, okay, this is cool. And I just... Like, I respect it. The writing was tight. You know, everything. It, I just, I don't know. It didn't catch my eye. Number six is Southern Bastards, Volume 3, Homecoming from Image. Uh, number five is Huck uh, from Image. You notice the um, Image and, and IDW, sometimes they shine a little bit more in the, in the trades than, uh, yeah, than in the, the other actual in monthlies. Yeah. Right. Um, number four is Star Wars, Obi-Wan, and Anakin uh, from Marvel. Interesting. Number three. Number three is Batman the Killing Joke Special Edition hardcover from DC. Of course. Um, of course, because the movie's out. Again, another, of course, is number two, Harley Quinn's Greatest Hits uh, from DC. Pun intended? And, uh, huh? Pun intended with the bat? Or with her hammer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Uh, number one is Monstrous, Volume 1, uh, Awakening from Image. I've actually heard about this one. I've no seen. Walking Dead? No. I think wow. everyone's getting a little tired of Walking Dead. Wow, usually Walking Dead's always like in the hardcover somewhere. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe they didn't have anything that came out in July. Hmm. Whatever. But all I know <laughs> is um, I th this is getting me real curious to see the numbers for this month. Because th then the whole rebirth thing will not be over because it's still rebirth. Like I just read a uh, Supergirl rebirth, which actually wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I got to read that one. But the main rebirth books are, are out already. They were out last month. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. And on that note, we end the headlines. Okay, so here we go with uh, this month's pull list. For those of you that have never listened to the show before, this is the section of the podcast where Adam and I talk about, you know, we review all the uh, DC. Well, he reviews the DC. I review the Marvel uh, list that came out last week. And we pull out our favorite books of the week. So, Adam, hit him up with your DC list. No particular order, of course. Um, super that would require Because that would require too much time. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I always have a hard time with that. It, there's five books that I really love. How am I? Why do I have to pick which one's better than the other? 
You know, like because I don't this know. is America. No, <laughs> um, Superman number five, Super fucking Man number five. Um, I'm not going to do spoilers on on these books because I know uh, Steve wants to catch up, and a lot happened in, in the Superman issue that which that was like a lot of what the fuck moments that were just so dope. Um, but we're continuing with the with the the whole sun dynamic and um, mm-hmm. the the Eradicator. I always forget his name. The villain, because the villain is is the bad guy, but the way it's being played is he's not the focus. The focus is the dynamic between the son and the father, and and oh, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's um the writing is real clean, real good. The art's great. I mean, I always think DC does very well with the art, as does Marvel. But I mean, you don't really have to worry about art unless someone's doing something fucking wacky, right? And then you're just like, okay. unless it's John Romita Jr., you know. Yeah. Um, then next book would be uh, Green Lanterns number five. Um, is it Green Lanterns or yes, Green Lanterns? Yeah, Green I'm Lanterns. Sorry. Yeah. Um, this was really good. Uh, it had a, it had some tense moments, as we know. Um, the girl on there, I always I'm really bad with names, but the 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 female um, Green Lantern, she's they say it in every book she has anxiety issues like before she got the ring she was in her apartment for two years never left she had that kind of problem and you see How that she pl- buy food well you have people buy it you can get food delivered to you that's true um but the thing is is that you see that problem play out in a tense moment in the book and it's really interesting and it's one of those books where you're like, oh shit, are they gonna make it? Like it's one, it's one of those books, mm. you know. So, um, of course, Red Lanterns, and they're they're trying to plant the rage seed in Earth. Like it's a really big thing going on, you yeah. know. And it was interesting. I, I liked it. I, I liked the dynamic between the two because they're both flawed human beings, but in dramatically different ways. And and the writing's been really good in in that kind of dynamic. And and they're they're becoming more of a team because. You know, as we know from I think the first issue, Hal Jordan dipped. He's like, "Look, I got shit to do." Yeah. You know, and he's doing his shit. And uh, you know Hal what? Jordan, I got to run. Right. But uh, you're good. <laughs> but what he did is he took both of their lanterns and he combined them into one lantern. Oh, so they're right. forced to work together. They have to work together. So because Hal Jordan's a dick like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's cool though. You're you're seeing them develop develop a, a, a kinship with each other and, and stuff like that but it's still there's a lot of inner monologue in in this book and not in particularly number five but just in, in this series there's a lot of like the guy has inner monologue and the girl has, they're they're usually inner monologuing about each other right. you know and, and but they say different shit like it's really it's really interesting if you like green lanterns pick it up because it's it's different enough where it feels really fresh but it's still lanterns you know that was um aquaman number five aquaman um is still <laughs> things just keep really getting worse for aquaman um this issue things are falling apart like it, it's he's really trying to build that relationship between the surface world and, and atlantis but it's really not working out and there's there's you know some terrorist group in the background that's trying to ensure that it doesn't work out and a lot of action to this book a lot of fighting a lot of um, fucking people throwing tanks and shit like a lot of crazy shit so it's a very actiony book a little less on the story on this one but 
I enjoyed it. Be- I I enjoyed this book, and I added it to my list because I'm enjoying what they're doing with Aquaman. And I, I still want to pick up and uh, see what's going on next issue. Batman number five is the end of um, a story arc. The story arc with the uh, the two new heroes. Uh, kind of right. Kind of a sad, a sad book. Um, a tense book. Also, it's a Batman book. <laughs> something, something. Well, even more so though. Something in in this book happens. Batman does something that he never does, which kind of had me go, "Oh shit!" Like it was. It was pretty dope. He cuddled. So, huh? He cuddled. No, he Batman doesn't cuddle. That, that's something he never that, does. Unless he's cuddling that booty. <laughs> um, <laughs> like in the Killing Joke, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking don't get me started. <laughs> um, really good book though, and it's the it's if you've been following it, you definitely want to pick this one up because it is the the culmination of that arc, and we're we're gonna move into a new one, um, which is always it's always fun to do that. That's the cool thing about comic books. Like, if you if you're reading an arc and you're like, "Oh, I'm not really feeling it," but you notice that the writing's good, the art's good, you like, just wait till the next arc. Then you know, it's, right. it's really not that big of a deal. You're just not digging the story that's being told now. Yeah. Um, last but definitely not the least is Green Arrow, another one that's ending an arc. Um, I'm actually happy this arc's ending because I was getting the villain was getting tedious. Everything about the book is great. But it's, it's more of a personal opinion of mine that I was just getting a little sick and tired of the villain. Um, a lot happened in this book, which seems to be commonplace for this new run of uh, Green, Green Arrow. Um, art was beautiful. Like, it looked like it was painted, but not in that real sloppy way. Right. Like, it was, it was just gorgeous. There were some panels that I just stared at. I was like, shit. <laughs> um, great story. Where we see what happens with... Um, with the the a lot of people a lot of like backstabbing and then people coming back from backstabbing and and people getting saved and it's it's the end of an arc so a lot of stuff's getting tied up um great ending uh for green green arrow especially because he has to make a pretty deep choice about um not only uh what he's about but how he could be green arrow effectively and the ending was a real fucking mindfuck. Like the very ending where he ends up. Uh, great book. If if you haven't been checking out Green Arrow, because you don't really. Green Arrow is one of those characters that maybe not a lot of people have read a lot of. Definitely pick this up. Because, I mean, if, when did they do a trade? Volume one's like six issues, right? Yeah, usually. They'll probably end it on this issue, though, because this is the end of an arc. So if, you, if you've missed it, you can't find the books, pick up the trade when it comes out. Because it's definitely really good we'll pick and up steve issue six. steve get your yeah. fucking life together all right <laughs> i know <laughs> i gotta catch up with this now that the arcs <laughs> are finishing um all right so this one's my marvel pool list and by default we generally have you know five for each side but when we started this five list it was kind of like if we have five cool if we don't you know we just use what we you know we, we don't want to just fill it just to fill five spots. Um, so, sadly enough, because usually I thought Adam would be the first one to break that one. Um, <laughs> it was me. Guess again, motherfucker. <laughs> um, it sucks, too, because it, if last we were able to pull last week's uh, out, I had five solid uh, choices last week. And they were fucking great books. Adam really dug what I was, what I was talking about. Yeah. about these books 
um, so good. And it's but also so- in Marvel's defense, though, and this could easily be said in DC's defense, because this will happen on my side at some point. Sometimes we just have off weeks, or yeah. even that. Even you'll especially see it if there's uh, an extra week in a month. Oh yeah. And and they just it doesn't fit the schedule to have the extra week in the month, so they right. they just nothing comes out. And and in this in this particular one, it was only three that I actually found um, interesting or, or or really good. One I found extremely good. The other one, I, um, so you know the these other two that I really actually enjoyed. And there was a lot, like there was a lot, there was a lot of titles. It wasn't for like the shortage of titles. It was just the content of the stories. Nothing really grabbed me, um, you know, because I like being grabbed by the balls and saying, "Read me." You know, and, and that, that didn't quite <laughs> happen. Me. <laughs> Read me, Seymour. Um, <laughs> so, in order of my picks, uh, start with number three: Amazing Spider-Man three, Civil War two tie-in. Uh, based on the premonitions that the precog Ulysses sensed that Spider-Man would face off against Clash, a f- reformed villain, Clayton Cole. Uh, in the previous issue, Cole is on parole and granted access to work at Parker Industries, but could not touch his sonic technology. Feeling a failure, Cole decided to take up an offer from a mystery man to take down Spider-Man. However, Cole, who became Clash again, decided to take on the Robot Master. After taking him down with the help of Spider-Man, he learns that he violated his parole and now cannot have any access to sonic work. Feeling betrayed and that people are trying to keep him away from his creations, he takes on Spider-Man. Christos Gage's story is compelling and deals really when you dig deep into how hard it is to play life by the rules as opposed to, you know, being a villain. And Travel Foreman's artwork is clean with slight rough, rough edges that gives it a grim look in the battle sequences. So that was a really good book. And I've, I've always dug spider-man but you know there's so many spider titles out now and i actually find the amazing spider-man still one of uh one of the books that keeps me interested uh all new wolverine number 11 old man logan is surrounded this is the second part of a of a um of this current story arc where logan is surrounded by captain america and shield uh in laura kinney's apartment ulysses the precog is also a civil war ii tie-in has predicted that Logan will kill Laura's young clone, Gabby, and Captain America there is trying to prevent it. Um, all I'm going to say is that shit gets really real in this story, um, and the story works on many different levels, plus continues to back Ulysses' abilities and makes it harder to, to discount his uh, predictions. Because that's the whole thing about uh, Civil War is... You know, you have uh, Inhuman who is predicting the future, and you have Tony who's like, you know, we can't, you know, change the future, let the future stand. And you have Captain Marvel going, well, yes, we can. If we can stop things from happening, they can happen. But they're trying to determine what things should and shouldn't happen because now you're playing God in, in that respect. And my number one pick for the, uh, for this week is The Fallen Number One. This one shot by Greg Pak wrote a very touching story focusing on the burial of Bruce Banner. Uh, spoilers if you haven't caught up for this time. Um, it deals with the aftermath of Banner's death and Hawkeye's acquittal. But many, but not all, of Banner's friends show up to his funeral. But two mainstays, Betty Ross and Rick Jones, are there. 
uh, as well as Star, Doctor Strange, Thing, Silver Surfer, and his War Bond. One of Banner's last requests, which was actually really cool because he bequeathed a lot of stuff to a lot of different people, um, fixing even one of Tony's things that he's like, yeah, I know, Tony, you had this through a hologram. He was um, able to like, hey, as Tony, I know you had trouble trying to figure out how this, but I think I figured it out. And, and Matt Murdock hands him the hands Stark the documentation. He's like, what the fuck? Kind of like <laughs> just kind of a last reminder of just how amazing Banner's mind was. Right. Um, but at the end, he hands everyone in there a timer, basically an egg timer. And his request is, before you get angry, before you do anything that will set you off, that will do something you regret, set it for three minutes and just think about it. He goes, a lot of times things, you know, will dissipate in that period of time. So you have a lot of people in this in this that are thinking of doing something rather rash. Um, and they set the egg timer, except for Amadeus Cho, who is playing the new Hulk. He has the egg timer, sets it down and says, sorry, Bruce, turns into the Hulk and then goes out on his own to seek revenge. Uh, and the revenge of that is going to play out in the next uh, Civil War issue. So uh, those are my three picks for this week. Um, Fallen, I really liked. I really liked Fallen because it was one of those one-shots that was really kind of touching and, you know, really, really good about some things. So, and brought in a lot, not just, like, the superheroes, but it brought in, like, his war bond, which is, you know, the other Hulks or aliens that he did from Planet Hulk were there. You know, um, Betty goes and sees, uh, you know, General Ross, who's Red Hulk, and has a very, very grim conversation with him. So there's a lot of, a lot of, like, wow kind of shit going on in there. And seeing Silver Surfer again was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, and Thing being there because him and Banner have gone toe to toe a couple of times, you know. <laughs> so it was a really cool, really, really good um, issue. I like I like those one shots that they have for those. All right. So I guess on that note, we move to our one awesome thing. My one awesome thing is if you've seen my uh, Facebook page, uh, you, you would have seen me uh, share this video that somebody went ahead and recut a Rogue One trailer and added Beastie Boys Sabotage to to the track. Not only does it fit, it works perfect. The cut works perfectly with the with the song. Um, I think that this is the cut that they should be showing in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> honestly <laughs> it was um, so dope uh, i said because if you guys have listened to some of our past shows you know adam loves that song and I, uh and so i immediately tagged him like dude adam check this out and uh yeah it's it definitely is one of those that you really should it, it really should be uh we should see tv spots with that um some people even said yeah it works better with star wars than it did with star trek <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it was, it was still, it was, um, it was just dope. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect, like hyped up song. Like you're about to go whoop someone's ass. And it makes you more, it makes you more like, I want to see that now. Like, I really want to see that now. Um, (laughs) it's like, Oh shit. And then it always reminds me of, um, 
the funny thing is the first song I the first time I ever heard that song was in an episode of Beavis and Butthead mm. where they're watching the video. Oh yeah, yeah. And they they get hyped about the video and then I'm hyped because the video's dope. It plays okay. like a like a cop thing. Like oh, you're, yeah. you're chasing somebody and shit. It was oh man, it was everything about it's great. Like when and then the little part where it's like when it does so that riff like pew, pew, and yeah. it's all like the shot of the Death Star roaming around and stuff like that. You're like going, Oh shit. It's just it's just perfect for um for that kind of tone because it, it's kind of scattered it's almost like they're angry as fuck while they're playing it. Right. Like it's, it's just, there's a lot of times in that song where it doesn't make sense how they transition, that <laughs> shit. but it's great. Um, also there were two other things. There were, there were other ones and I was trying to find one thing because there were actually two other things that I really, really enjoyed. And there were videos. Um, one, if you haven't seen it, Ewan McGregor is doing a, a, a movie about Jesus where he's playing Jesus and it's supposed to be him in the desert. Because if I'm doing a movie, I'm playing Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> um, and uh, But somebody actually recut it because of the way he looks. They recut it and turned it into a Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars story. And like little, there's little like little hints and little, like, there's even one like holographic uh, uh, Qui-Gon in, the, in, the, in there, but it's using scenes from that movie and turned it into a star into obi-wan kenobi a star wars movie takes place after he goes to tattooing <laughs> and it's actually I, I looked at it and i go i'd be sold on this like okay yeah let's do an obi-wan movie let's do it like this right um and the other one was i didn't put this on here because of the fact that we usually try not to do politics too much on this show uh because we pretty much just stick with geek news um but if you haven't heard of bad lip reading you're doing yourself a disservice um they did one on the democratic convention it is the greatest thing you have ever seen um i mean the the people that did the voices and the words that they chose because they basically just use random shit and sync it up with the video they have so bernie sanders it makes him sound like a complete like head case right oh uh, batman and the joker together eating you know and it's just like you're like what the hell like the stream of consciousness kind of thing on there and and it's it's hilarious it's the most hilarious thing in the world you guys have to check it out i there it went viral and people are like saying you know like actual like news positions are like i watched this and i literally peed a little because like, <laughs> cause it is actually kind of nuts and kind of crazy. So you guys have to check that out. But uh, yeah, so those were those were ones that I considered uh, putting on here. But it was like, oh, fuck. All right. So what about you? So I just thought this was really cool because, um, I don't know, mangas are cool and video games are cool. Why not fucking combine them? What? Exactly. Manga video games. That's right. So, Viz Viz Media uh, recently revealed that it has the publishing rights for the Super Mario Adventures comic and the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess uh, manga now rolling out in Japan. Um, The Super Mario Comic Viz has acquired... Super Mario Comic Viz has acquired is the long out-of-print Super Mario Adventures written by Kentaro Takuma and drawn by Charlie Nozawa. 
Um, this comic, starring our favorite super plumbers, originally ran in 1992 and 1993 issues of Nintendo Power. That's why I was excited, because I remember reading that when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, Mario enthusiasts will know that the plot is influenced from Super Mario World, so it is also it also contains crowd favorites Yoshi and the mischievous Koopalings. Um, Super Mario Adventures will be reprinted in October 2016. That's dope as shit. Um, a year ago, uh, Akira Himakawa announced that she was returning to the Legend of Zelda manga series after a seven-year hiatus which resulted in the release of a Twilight Princess series in Japan. Inspired by the plot of its video game counterpart, it will have Link, Midna, and other familiar characters from Hyrule and the Twilight Realm. English-speaking fans will not have to wait much longer. Viz will be localizing the manga and debuting it in spring 2017. Viz Media is also releasing The Legend of Zelda manga Omnibus on November 1st. So this is dope, and I like that they're going to be... um, going to move it to the english markets too um i don't know I, I i'm more excited about the super mario one just because i remember reading those when i was a kid like you'd get nintendo power and i think it was in the back of it there was like a like a mario brothers comic and it's real silly and shit but it was it was just cool so that i i would definitely buy that if they put it in like a hardcover or something <laughs> they sit up on the shelf right next to my howard the duck omnibus there you go yeah all right. Well, we want to thank you guys for checking out this week's show. You can subscribe and get this show every month downloaded every Monday downloaded directly to the listening device of your choice. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Libsyn. If you're more into streaming, you can catch it all on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, even our YouTube page. We have nice, convenient playlists for each of the current follow current uh, shows. Uh, and if you're old school, go directly to the website lazygeeks.com. It's all there. It's all there, everywhere. <laughs> when you're out uh, on all those various ways to communicate, leave, leave some comments, let us know how you feel, what you think, what you're doing, what you're wearing. Let us know. That's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, you, and you can also catch us on social media, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks, Google+, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all under the name thelazygeeks, one word. <laughs> And if you don't want to go through social media, you can definitely email us at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog, themiddleagedgeek.com. Where can they find you on the interwebs? I'm just on uh, fucking Twitter, sapientlg. Like a beast mode boss. Motherfucker. That's right. Um, yeah, so this is our, our second to last episode of the season. If you're just tuning in, don't worry about that because we will be dropping content while we are off for the month of September, you know, rejuvenating, catching up on, you know, drugs, hookers, all that stuff. Oh. Cause, cause you know, you got to, you know, you, you got to catch up on that stuff, you know? And, uh, so we will be, we will be providing, you know, flashback episodes for, uh, pretty much still from our first season, our first year actually. Uh, I think the end. Of, I think it starts from the end of October to right after Thanksgiving, is where our, our those shows are going to run out. Because I've already selected those shows, and then we'll also have secondary shows during the week. Speaking of which, tune in this Thursday where we will be releasing the second to last 
the away team podcast. Mm. So uh, that means I have to watch that Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we will be doing be doing that. Which which episode is that? Do you remember? It's the Klingon one. Oh right 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 right. That's the um, coming. No, not coming of age. The um, where they all scream. Ah. Yeah, yeah. What is voice to help enter in the thing? Goes, ah. You can take him now. He is just an empty shell. That kind of <laughs> shit. Right. So all right. So that is it for this week. So until next week, peace out. Come on. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.